Ag State of Mind, episode 104. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we go back up to the great state of Nebraska and talk with my new friend, Peggy Meyer. Uh, Peggy Meyer came to me from my friends, Derek Brazada and Hank Wade, Hank Roberts, Henry Roberts, however you want to know him by. She came to me through through them and reached out to me and wanted to just chat all things rural mental health. She is a independent counselor in her small farming community of Superior, Nebraska. Uh, she sees farmers, but she has a very intimate point of view of what it's like having a practice like that in a small rural farming community. We talk about that. We talk about the struggles that farmers do have coming to see a mental health professional and how she is in a very unique spot. And to me, I felt like is very encouraging to know that something like her exists, uh, an independent practitioner practicing mental health in a small town. Uh, I think that's great. And I just don't think that is as common as it needs to be, but it is incredibly refreshing uh, to see going forward. Uh, I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing this conversation. Peggy has been great. Uh, I love this community that is forming around this podcast. Um, I got a message from Peggy a few weeks ago talking about how she had reached out to other guests of this podcast after listening. And, you know, she came to me from Derek and Hank and it's just a, it's a really cool thing. And I love, love the community that is, that is forming around this podcast. And I appreciate all of you who listen and tell your friends about the Ag State of Mind podcast. So one last thing, we talk about something that Peggy has in the works called Field Pocket. I am happy to let you know that Field Pocket is live. We will link it in the show notes. We talk about it towards the end of the podcast, and I'll let you stick around because I think it's a very valuable tool for farmers. So, all right, here we go with my interview with Peggy Meyer. All right, Peggy Meyer, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this evening? Great. Thank you, Jason, for allowing me to be on your podcast. I'm honored, and this is you know, a great mix of mental health and ag, and I'm excited to talk with you tonight. Which is kind of your forte, if you will. Right. You are, I feel, in a very unique position. I'd love for you to kind of tell everybody a little bit about your background and where, what brought you to where you are today. Okay. So if we want to start way back, I'm actually a city gal. Um, I grew up in Minnesota, and I went to college um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And there I um, studied psychology. And from there, I got my master's in social work and really didn't know, you know, exactly, you know, I was like really what I wanted to do, but counseling was 
part of the program and part of the options. And we moved to Kearney, Nebraska. I started um, in a private practice with a um, psychiatrist at the time. Uh, my husband um, is from Superior, Nebraska, and he has the family farm. And so we were commuting to farm at that time. And it's really difficult to farmers out there. It's really difficult to commute an hour and 45 minutes to farm. Um, and so an hour and 45 minutes. Yes. Yeah, Jeez. the farm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eh, that's not working too well. No. And so we ended up uh, moving to Superior so he could be closer to the farm. Um, he had a job at an elevator and um, desk job, which he didn't like, um, but it got us here to the farm. Um, then he, he actually then commuted back to his old job. He was um, coaching at the University of Kearney. And so he commuted that way. And that turned out to be a better fit for us, for him to commute to coach than it was to, to commute to farm. And so from there, when we moved to Superior, then I started my own private practice um, of mental health. And so I needed to get my hours. And so after I got my hours, I was on my own. And I have been doing that for over 20 years now. And it's, it's kind of a good mix. I mean, I can see a lot of different people in this rural community and I love it. Um, I love helping people and wanting to get them off to a better, um, better life. So I was talking with someone today and we're just gonna go ahead and dive right into sure. it. Cause we're gonna, I was talking to someone today and they said they were actually from Australia and they said that once they found that they got farmers into a room, into a practice setting, that they didn't have so much trouble sharing. Do you, do you see that in, in your practice? To be, obviously, to be respectful to your patients, um, you know. Right. And actually, this could be any patient, you know, any of my clients, whether they're farmers or not farmers. I just feel like it's really hard um, for people to come in um, initially. You know, it, there's a lot of different stigma about mental health and, you know, being in a small town, like who's going to see you come in, you know, and all of that. But once they have met me and we've had a conversation, you know, they just open up and they just are, you know, farmers just like keep a lot of stuff in, you know, they don't, they don't share a lot, you know, but when they, ha they know that they can trust somebody to not spread anything, you know, what stays, you know, they come into my office, whatever is talked about stays within the four walls. And, and it's just a kind of a freeing experience. So a lot of people do, and, and farmers, especially they, they just, it takes a little while to open up, but it's a, it's really freeing when they do. So do you like, you see that then you can, you can, you can almost feel the weight that's lifted off their shoulders when they come in and just kind of lay it all out there. Yeah, right? it is. And, and, you know, you can see it in their eyes, you can see it in their body language, you know, they just, you know, spill out some things that they've been holding on to. And it is, it's just like a big weight on their shoulders that, you know, they can talk to somebody about. And a lot of times, you know, it's family related, you know, farming is really mm -hmm. family related. And, and how do you like get out some of your frustrations about family, you know, cause they're all around usually when you're working with them. Um, and so coming to a mental health provider is, and I think it's an easy way to just unload and let everything out and then you can walk out and a lot lighter and, and a different perspective 
that can help you then um, manage some of your other relationships and, and, and work better with the family and, and whomever you are working with. So I, I say this often, and I, but I, I kind of say it without any, I, I shoot off the hip a lot whenever yeah. I talk. Um, but when I say this, that whenever you release your problems, whenever you say it out loud, whenever you just let somebody into that, whatever's going on with you, to me, I find that that is almost or maybe just as therapeutic as what the actual solution is later on down the line to, you know, whatever stress that oh. you have, just letting somebody know about it and not keeping it all balled up inside that relief of that pressure is just as beneficial as whatever you're going to do about it later. Oh yeah. Because the solution really doesn't matter. And I mean, totally, if once you open up and it's basically acknowledging what's going on. So acknowledging your thoughts, acknowledging your feelings and just bringing that awareness out and keeping it bottled in just kind of keeps it turning and, and nasty things can happen. You know, it gets kind of stale, but once you open it up and let it out, even if it's the dog, even it's, you know, the hay bale, even it's, you know, some cattle or whatever, scream it out at the tractor, sometimes just allowing yourself to get it out is mm -hmm. relieving that pressure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you can have somebody that is there to just bounce something off, that's not going to judge you for it. That's even better. That's probably why the dog and the cattle and, you know, the tractor, you know, work wonders for a lot of people because they don't talk back. Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. But there's still, and I still think there is, those need to be at a certain point, there has to be a human element too. And that's where I found talking to people about whatever's going on is I feel like they still need to be non-biased, but to have that human able to conversate it back to you is very beneficial. Yeah. And what's beneficial about that is oftentimes they can either reiterate what you said and, a, you can, and it bounces back a different way, or they can allow you to see a different perspective. You know, hey, you know, did you think about this? You know, maybe they come up with you know sometimes they come up with solutions or you know ideas on how to help but oftentimes it's just like hey well did you think about this way yeah and all that is is just opening the door to new possibilities because oftentimes we're stuck in one place that's all we see it as you know we just have this tunnel vision and and allowing ourselves to open it up with somebody else allows us to have a conversation and see it in a different way yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just because we all we we do we get in these uh, we get the blinders on and we start thinking about things only in our worldview and we're totally the work we mm -hmm. the further we get down the more we the more narrow uh, focus we are and to bring somebody in with a lighter uh, you know and fresh perspective really can help us and get us out of our own way. Right. Right. And if you don't have that person next to you, I often tell people, okay, well then put yourself in a different spot. Okay. Put yourself on top of the tractor. How would, how would you be on the top of the tractor to, you know, see this point or the fly on the wall, you know, where would you, you know, what would it look like from there? You know, what would it look like if you were laying on the ground and just kind of putting yourself in a different spot and looking at the issue, the problem, you know, whatever in that way sometimes allows you to open that up and, and see different possibilities as well. So, you know, I don't want to just specifically talk about farmers because that's not 
all that you're servicing. But what are the challenges that you are seeing in your little slice of rural America? What are the challenges that you're seeing presently? Well, I mean, a lot of, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's, it's, you know, getting a, a worried about what, what's going on, worried about, you know, the economy, you know, what's going to happen. Um, just worry is one of those things that runs rampant a lot. And if we don't, you know, knock it down a little bit and just kind of put it back into its, its spot, you know, it can really cause a lot of fear and a lot of um, sheltering, you know, especially over this last couple of years, you know, it has created a lot of fear in a lot of people. And so they stop doing things out of concern, which, you know, is greatly, you know, needed at some point, but it can also just flip and go a little bit too far. Um, depression is another one. Um, people get isolated. I mean, here in the rural areas, you know, sometimes we, you know, feel like we're a little isolated just because there's not a lot of um, other things and other places, you know, we kind of see the same things, just kind of see the same people. Um, and we feel like, you know, there really isn't a lot to the world, but it is a great place um, because it is kind of been freeing too, because we don't necessarily have to worry about, you know, some of the things that um, larger populations, um, bigger cities um, have to deal with as well. But it's, it's similar. Sure. Do you feel like you have a special connection um, because of, I mean, obviously you didn't grow up rurally, but you have a, but mm -hmm. you have a, you understand the lifestyle, obviously. Yes. Um, yes. Does that, do you feel like that benefits you in your practice? I really do. I mean, I think it's actually been a benefit that I've kind of been on both sides. Mm, okay. I've been in rural longer than I have in this. Well, I suppose about the same, but I mean, it's getting up there. And every year I'm more rural than I am in city. But I, I mean, I see the perspective of why people are drawn to the city, but I also know, you know, the hectic lifestyle and all of those different things that the pressures that go on sometimes just being around a lot of people and um, that in the city, but then the rural life, I mean, I can go on that route too, because I've always felt like I've been kind of a country girl. I always enjoyed going to, you know, in-laws and my, not in-laws, but my uncle's uh, farms and stuff. And just, you know, that just awesome just to be out in the open and not to be surrounded by a ton of people. So I can, I can feel people both ways. So when they feel like they're stuck here in like rural area and there's nothing to do, you know, I get to remind them of all the things because, hey, I've been to the city, I go to the city, but I really love to come <laughs> back to the open areas and the rural areas. Yeah. So I can, I feel like that's a benefit to me. I can see both sides. Yeah, I can see that. And I know even I lived in the city just a short time, you know, five years when I was in college. Um, mm -hmm. And there's nothing that helped me get perspective more than living in the city for five years because it, yeah. um, I did not. And I think a lot of people would can relate to this. You, I took a lot of what I have for granted, uh, when it came to living rurally, because you hear, there's so much like romanticized, I think about leaving your small little community going to the big city, that's where you're going to get your big break and blah, 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 all the things in the Hollywood movies. Right. But when it all comes down to it, 
there is a beauty about living in rural America that I just, you can't, it, and, and again, there's people who the, the life's not for them and I don't want to discount them. And because right. that we, we need no. both rural and urban. Um, but I'm speaking specifically to the people in rural America and that there's just something about it that it's, if it's in you, you can't, you can't deny it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very big draw, you know, <laughs> like, you know, talk, there's so many opportunities. I mean, I have to remind people, it's just like, okay, they, you know, they fantasize about the city, you know, and I'm like, oh, look at all the things, all the stores, all the things that you can do. And I'm like, yeah, but when you live there, you mm -hmm. live in a little area and you rarely go outside, yeah. you know, that little area, you know, and you have all of that right there. And you see a ton of traffic, you see concrete, you see, you know, a few trees and, you know, whatever. But here, look, you can drive, you know, the same distance that you do across town to go to a store, but you can drive to the next town and see all the things in between. We're lucky. Our, our small community is awesome. I mean, it has a movie theater, it has a bowling alley, it has a skating rink, it's got, you know, multiple eating establishments. So how many people, how many people are in your town? Just under 2000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we feel, you know, and there's a lake 10 miles away. I mean, it's just, you know, like, look That's at smaller all. than my town. <laughs> and do you have all those things? No. <laughs> no, I mean, we have, we have considerable things for a rural town, but we, we don't have a movie theater. We don't have a skating rink, but we, we can go 20 miles and find one too, though. So, you know, I mean, yeah. And that's what I found too. Like rural is different depending on where in the country you are. Like rural Nebraska is very different than rural Missouri. Um, I've found, which is, and I, and I think it's just had a lot to do with the, how the land lays, you know, we're much hillier and, um, border, I mean, down south, there's, you know, it gets even almost mm -hmm. mountains. Um, so like the land lays different here now up in a flat farming ground. It's pretty, you know, there's a grid there and it's just, it just, it's just laid out differently. That's yeah. what I found. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Nebraska in itself is different from north to south to east to west. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just where you are, you know, if you're a ranch out in the sand hills, then, you know, that's a lot different. You're not going to see a whole lot of people out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know we were talking to, um, uh, Taryn Dreeling, who is in the, she's a rancher in the sand hills and she said it takes them, I think like it's, it's over an hour to drive to town to the nearest yeah. town. You know, her kids have to get on the school bus like an hour and a half early, you know, it's, you know, I think I live rule until I talk to somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm a little, you know, then I like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to take that much stuff for granted. You know, there's other people that, you know, <laughs> yeah, my kids, yeah, we're, you know, we're in the country, but, you know, yeah. I can see town, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, something that came up whenever you're talking is realizing a little bit of, because, and I, I'm going to relate an example today, right now, my wife, she went through yoga teacher training last, right before everything shut down as like February of 2020. And she got back home and she was kind of bummed because she stayed in St. Louis for so long and everything was so accessible. There was good places, lots of choices, variety of things to eat, things to do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it was very... Uh, things like she was, it was really cool to her. And she was there for about two weeks. She was kind of, I don't know, bummed because, you know, we live out, we're 12 miles outside of town. Things aren't super accessible here. Um, but then all the shutdowns mm -hmm. started happening. 
and then like boom it turned her around like that like how grateful mm-hmm. she was to live yeah. the way we do and you know i COVID has been, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, COVID has been terrible. It's been health issues, things shutting Mm -hmm. down, all the things happening. Um, It's just been a really tough time. But all that being said, it has come to be to kind of highlight how great rural America can be and how, how cool it can be to live here. Um, And I am for one, I mean, I, Again, we all try. We all take things for granted, but I don't think after this, especially, that I'll ever take it for granted. And I, I you know, I was counting my blessings too because I was talking to people, you know, from around the country, and if they're in a city, and you know, their kids are home, and you know, they don't want to go out too much, and they're stuck. And I'm like, going, I am not complaining at all. I can send my kids outside. You know, we had family dodgeball nights, we had family kickball, we had all this in, and we had the space, you know, and that could kick them outside. Nobody's going to touch them because there's, you know, we're a half mile from town, you know, (laughs) half mile from anywhere. And so it was, they could ride their bikes, they can, you know, do whatever. And it was just, you know, it was a bummer for them to be at school online, but, you know, then they could just get out. And and so, yeah, right. I think counting the blessings and it was just being very grateful for where we're at and we didn't have to, you know, go out all the time and, you know, just in protective equipment all the time. So we could just go out in the fresh air right, you right, know, right. And, and do that. Sure. Yeah. So, and this, we start, we talked about this just a little bit before we started recording and talking about drawing professionals mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. To rural America, like I said before we started recording, you know, there's a lot of people who they do grow up in rural America, but then they go off to college, get their degree, mm-hmm. never come back. What I'm seeing and I'm talking, and I I start to find that there is this there is this uh, drive for people to come back and serve mm-hmm. the rural community in a professional mm-hmm. manner. Um, and I think again, COVID has shown that you can live rurally and still kind of have access right. to amenities right. to a certain extent. Um, so I, I, I feel like there is going to be a, hopefully, and this is me mm-hmm. being very optimistic. You know, I like to see things from a good point of view. I'm really hoping that we are able to pull more of those professionals back to rural America to serve the communities because we we definitely do. And I think it starts, you know, a little bit from, you know, the parents, but also like the school system to show the kids, you know, what are some opportunities? I mean, trades are, you know, an awesome opportunity for folks to learn something specific and come back and use those skills. I don't know about, you know, most places, but I'm I'm just going to take a big assumption that, you know, trades are needed in all locations, but especially in the rural areas. And I mean, I'm thinking it's so hard to get a contractor to come out. They're booked, you know, over a year ahead of time, you know, if you want a project done, it's like you have to think about it way before you want it. And so, but then right. there's the you know, there's a little bit of competition, but not too much. Um, you might have a couple electricians in town. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a couple plumbers, 
but you're always going to stay busy. But also not only just the trades, but, you know, for me as a professional, as a mental health professional, when I was looking at, okay, we're going to move down here, you know, we're going to be closer to the family farm, you know, talking to people, there wasn't anything around here like that. Talk, oh no, you wouldn't want to do that. That's like, you don't, you're not ever going to stay busy, you know, or, you know, a larger operation in a, in a, a town bigger has come down an hour and well, we just can't keep people to keep their appointments. And I'm like, this is a need, like it's a need anywhere, you know? And mm -hmm. so I, over 20 years, I'm still in business, you know, I'm still seeing people. I'm still helping people, even though I've been here for 20 years and, you know, a lot of people know me they're still coming and they come back. You know, I might not see people for a couple of years and they come back. Um, they just see the benefit of it. Yeah. And so there's lots of, there's lots of opportunities. You just have to view it like a, a different perspective. You can't just think that the city has all of its glory. I'm like, I'm so for my kids going to college in a big town, you know, and so that they can be more grateful when they come home mm -hmm. to what they have. So, you know, right. go, go get your degree, go get some sort of training, do that, but then see where you could use it, you know, see where, you know, that you can use it anywhere. And especially now, I think we talked about, you know, there's so many places now that, hey, we can work online. You know, we don't have to go into the office. You know, I, I know how many people that the, you know, the offices have closed, they can now, and they're free to move wherever they want. And so that, that mm -hmm. you know, I want people to have time freedom. I want people to have financial freedom and I want them to have it wherever they want, you know, not be, you know, stuck in a location just because that's where, you know, the company is headquartered or the company wants me. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's opened up a lot where you can have the, uh, the best of both. I think. I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's a, a great thing. You know, technology is a beautiful thing. I mean, it can be abused in so many ways, right. but it also, I mean, this is just a proof that it can be such a blessing and it is a, and, and you know, not to, not to like, rain on the parade here, but we're going to have to have some more infrastructure in rural America to have this. I mean, the internet oh, yeah. here is, oh, yeah. well, we had to cancel one because my internet was so crappy. I, we couldn't, yep. I yep. couldn't make it work. So, I mean, that's a, that's a real problem that a lot of people, and I think one of the biggest problems in facing, you know, that transition of more people coming to rural America is the lack of access yep. to really good internet yep. um, because the world is so, so take, for example, my kids, when we went online uh, last, whenever we did, we did, we did the yeah. last part of two years ago and then just here yeah. and there a couple of times last year, all of my kids, I have four boys and all different, you know, actually we were saved because they're two of them were twins and they were actually doing the same work, but they could not all be on a computer at the oh, same yeah. time because we didn't have the bandwidth oh, yeah. to, to, right. to do that. Yeah. I mean, and. That's a, it's a real problem when you're trying to tr attract people here. Um, and I think that's, and, and I, I do know that people are starting to address it. I've talked to Congress people, I've, anybody I talk to about funding, what needs to go into the farm bill, uh, it needs to be 
greater access to rural broadband internet. And I don't know what that means. I don't know the logistics of it, but I do know that it's needed. Oh, definitely. I think definitely, definitely. And, you know, and I feel blessed where, you know, we're kind of a, a larger, smaller town kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel for the people out, you know, you're, you said you're 12 miles from town, you know, I, I feel for that because their, their options are limited. And, yeah. but I know that there's got, there's a big push. There's been talk, you know, that to getting that out. And I think just this last COVID, you know, it really, really emphasized that, especially for kids um, going to school because they lost a lot if they yeah. weren't able to get on. Yeah. I mean, and how can we punish people for that? Like, right. you know what I mean? It just like, it doesn't, doesn't seem, obviously it's not fair, um, and we all need to be on a level playing field. So, I mean, right. that needs to, uh, if we're going to, if we're going to fu do funding projects in rural America, it broadband is the place to start. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Because, and not just, I mean, not, so let's take it something that's come up and I, I don't know if we haven't, you and I haven't talked about this. Um, and so I'm not sure your opinion on it, but, uh, is, uh, like telemedicine, uh, virtual medicine, especially yeah. with a mental health provider, mm -hmm. um, you know, right. that's breaks down a lot of doors for people, farmers, anybody mm -hmm. in rural America to sit in front of their computer and talk to a mental health professional. That's a lot less intimidating and hopefully more conducive to better care than trying to get them to drive an hour to a clinic or whatever, you know, right. I mean, it takes all that yeah. middle time away. And, um, if, if we want to get better mental health care to the rural, to rural America, that's a, that's a, could be a really important place to start too. Right. I mean, we need the bandwidth for that. We need the video conferencing. Um, and it's, and it's starting and it's starting. And I, it is a big benefit because who's going to take time. I mean, there's already a lot of people that are in town and they don't take right. the time to drive across town to come to a session. And so, you know, the accessibility piece is, is huge, you know, but also, you know, tying that with our, you know, previous, the broadband has to be there. You know, it really has to be there to have some great video, being able to see each other face to face, to kind of mm -hmm, see where their mm -hmm. surroundings are, um, to have that more of a personable thing. Because you know, technology is great right, when right, it works, right. right? Yeah, we know firsthand. <laughs> but when it's down, you know, it's really hard. You kind of just go like, ah, you know, you rely on it so well you know, and so much. So uh, I think in the next, you know, five years, we're going to see an explosion in the ability and the accessibility of mental health services and other types of medical services as well. Well, Peggy, I, I really appreciate your time here tonight. Uh, I want to close. If mm -hmm. you think we left anything on the table, um, go yeah. ahead and share that. Otherwise, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do so? Yeah, um, this kind of ties in. I have one thing I want to talk about, but um, it ties in. It's um, Peggy at fieldpocket.com. Um, you can look me up on um, Facebook or Instagram. Um, you can type in Peggy Meyer. Um, also, my business name um, for my mental health practice is Positive Solutions. So my Instagram is Positive Solutions for Life and something related to that um, on Facebook. But um, you know, the, the mental health piece and farming, I just want to tie that together a little bit. Um, what I've done is um, 
you know, through my practice, I've always teach people how to, you know, reduce stress and, you know, be more productive with their time and use their time wisely and just different things. And I was really frustrated about some of the farming stuff. And is it okay to share with that? Share a little bit of what yeah. I decided to do. Please do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Field Pocket is a software that I developed um, from Harvest last year. I was just really frustrated. I know there had to be a better way. And I don't know how many farmers out there um, want to keep track of their contracts and their scale tickets and settlement sheets. Um, for me, uh, my husband and I've been married for over 25 years and I've done all the books. And I'm finally frustrated with the whole process, you know, because it's just stacks of paperwork. I'm, you know, sitting at the kitchen table trying to like, okay, I want to figure out if we got paid for everything. Isn't that great? <laughs> we spend, you know, as farmers, we can spend the entire year working so hard and we have harvest and we get one paycheck, you know, and mm -hmm. for the entire year. Well, I want to know if we got paid for everything. So right, that was right. my biggest frustration last last uh, harvest and so i'm like there's got to be a better way so i searched i searched trying to find some tools to help me figure out you know if i got paid for everything and i couldn't really find something that was really easy um mm -hmm. and easy to use and and what i wanted so i developed um field pocket and and what it is it it's basically a simple software um, to me, it's simple um, that you can just upload your contracts and your scale tickets and your um, settlement sheets, and it does all the behind the scenes work. It'll take all the data from those, even if it's from different elevators and it, the scale tickets I know look all different, but the data is the same. And so we're able to pull that data off of there and into usable reports. And so you can track you know, by field, by commodity, by elevator, and, and so that's I'm so looking forward to harvest this year to make my life a little bit less stressful <laughs> because sure. I mean, I've yeah. got six kids. I've got other things I want to do with my time versus trying to match right. those things up. Yeah. I mean, you got four boys, they're all busy and active and mine are too. And I don't want to spend hours, you know, doing this because I'm just one of those assistant, you know, yes, it's productive in that I want to know that if I lost a load, you know, cause that can be a lot of money and you know, sure, but yeah there's, there's gotta be better ways to do it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that with the world here. It's coming out here in September, which is actually this week. So that's awesome. So is this something, so how, is this something that is uh, accessible to other people yet, or it will be in yeah. this coming? Yep. Well, I'm not sure when this will come out sometime, probably towards the end of September, I'm guessing. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah. how is that, is there a website for that? Is it yeah, field pocket? Just, Yep. Uh, fieldpocket.com. Cool. We'll link that yeah. in the show notes. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to bring that up and um, yeah. I didn't. So no, that's, that's okay. I'm glad you did because that's, that's something. And again, this is a holistic approach to getting people healthier. That's what this yeah. podcast is. And so many times I found out when we are able to get ourselves financially healthy, that is Going, okay. that is going to get us mentally healthier and vice, you know, yeah. that's a, yeah. that's a beneficial, mutually beneficial relationship and, right. you know, have little tools like that is so beneficial to kind of take out some of the busy work or take out some of the stress and worry. Yeah. There's so much stress and worry that comes from the wow. bills. Am I getting paid? Am I maximizing <laughs> production, maximizing profit? Um, right. And to have something that just makes that a little bit easier, 
to think of the stress that that's going to take away. Oh yeah. I mean, there's two things that are just, you know, super stressful, or at least, you know, finances are the, you know, one of the top, you know, stressors sure. in, you know, pretty much everybody's lives. Right. The other thing that is kind of stressed people out is paperwork. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't care what job you have. Like paperwork isn't like, yes, I want to go do paperwork no. now. No. You know, well, like, like you never hear that. It's just like, no. oh, I got to go do pay my paperwork. Right. You know, I see clients, I've got to type up notes, you know, and sure. it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, any job, there is some sort of trail of documentation that needs to happen. And if I can take a little bit of that away for, you know, farmers and being able to automate it all, I mean, I'm hoping somebody will find the benefit in that because I am so excited about it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a, that sounds like a really great thing and I'm excited for you. So thank you. Thank I, you. I appreciate your time tonight, all the value awesome. that you, you brought. This was a great conversation. So much cool stuff you're doing. And uh, I look forward to let's keep in touch and you yes, know, let's do. see where everything goes. I'm really excited for Field Pocket. I think that's going to be a really big hit for you. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to more conversations with you. This has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I want to make sure to uh, thank uh, Derek Brazada for connecting yes. us. I meant to do that yes. at the beginning. Um, he has the United We Ag podcast. I am connected to him through my really good friend, Henry Roberts. Um, mm -hmm. So just yeah. sh sh give him a shout out here. Because... Yes, I appreciate Derek connecting and also Henry. And so it's been nice to, you know, get a new group of people that sure. are so passionate about ag as well. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, that's the greatest thing that I've found about the podcast is like building this community. There's such a community mm -hmm. that is forming around, especially mental health and ag, uh, because it's something that people are so hungry for. And mm -hmm. I'm, that's, I'm very thankful for what that has provided for this is to, and to keep that community growing. Yes. I see so many, you know, possibilities on, you know, education and, you know, bringing people tips and, um, to, to live a healthier life. Yeah. So hundred percent and it's needed. It's needed now yes. more than ever. So definitely. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for tonight and, uh, look forward to chatting with you again. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.